Let's be honest. How many times have you chalked up a relationship ending to bad timing? For hosts Nancy and PJ Heslin, the answer is a lot. It took living separately in Canada, the U.S., and France, two divorces, and 20 years for timing to work out. And when it finally did in the south of France, the couple discovered they had two different versions of their love story. We all do, right? But what if your side is not the whole story and you have the journals to prove it? Keep listening to Nancy and PJ Finally Get Together, a podcast on love, relationships, and two lives in between. Are you looking for personalized advice on your relationships? Today's episode is sponsored by relationship coach Jordan Gray. Jordan has helped thousands of people go from single to married and helped countless others improve their intimate relationships. You can go to jordangrayconsulting.com, sign up for his amazing emails, and get a free book of powerful date ideas in the process. Or get personalized support from Jordan by going to jordangrayconsulting.com and clicking on the coaching button to work with him directly. That's jordangrayconsulting.com. Welcome to Nancy and PJ Finally Get Together. I'm Nancy Heslin. And I'm PJ Heslin. First episode of 2024, PJ. 2024, new year, new me. Woohoo! <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's a new me, but that really was one of the best holidays I've ever had. I'm so relaxed. Oh, is it because I was not here? Does that come across as mean? Yep, it does. So there's salty tears running down my cheeks now. PJ's actually been in Toronto for the last couple of weeks. He spent Christmas with his family, and I was here in France. He hasn't been home in almost coming on to three years, so it was the right time for him to head over. And I just had such a great time. And I know maybe that sounds not very nice, but honestly, if anyone else is listening and your spouse or your loved one goes away, don't you feel like it gives you permission to just live guilt-free in a different way? And that's not to mean that you know, when we're living together, PJ, I don't find like we're in each other's faces or space. Like we get along really well, but just there was something about knowing that you weren't there that just allows me to live a little bit differently. And I really needed that break. Yeah. I don't, it's not unique to us. When I talk to other friends that are in relationships, it's the same thing. Uh, there's a level of slothfulness that you can reach that uh, is guilt-free when you're just by yourself. And I, it's the same with me. For me, the first 24 hours, it's like I stretch out, the bike comes up, vegetables are banished from the apartment, the bed turns into less of a bed, more of a nest. And yeah, first 24 hours, it's like, ah, this is awesome. And then after that, it's like, when's Nancy come home? Well, and I, it's not just because I can't find anything or do anything on my own. Oh, well, I'm, I have my doubt about that. But that's one of the differences, though, is that I don't feel that. You know, I don't change my routine because I can be who I am with you. So when you're not here, I still do all the same things. I walk the dog, I exercise every day, I'm still making my soups and, you know, I, I eat the same way. I think for me, what changes is the discipline of my day. You know, I'll sleep in without, and without the alarm. When the dog wakes me up, you know, I would wake up. I never do that when you're here. So I just, it gives you permission to just give yourself a break, I guess, is the way to say it. But is there some point where you actually miss me and go, oh, I wish he was back here? I think so, but I just close that part of myself off because otherwise it's just sad. Also, if I'm being honest, the night before you left, I was I had made shortbread cookies. I was sending home for your family and I was packing them nicely in your bag. And I said to you, oh, Peach, I'm really going to miss you, especially at Christmas. It's going to be really hard. And you just sort of like gruffed over at me and said, I'll be home in two weeks. Did I have a sandwich in my mouth when I said it at the time? As soon as you say something like that to me, it's that old pattern where my walls just shoot up and I was like, all right, we'll see who misses who first then. 
because I didn't think that was a very nice thing to say. And I know you didn't mean it, but um, yes, I missed you. That being said, when you come back, <laughs> it takes us a few days to get back into sharing space again. Yeah, and you have to get sort of in the same vibe or wavelength with your, your partner. What do you mean, Pidge? <laughs> I'm talking about the nap incident on day two. Well, first of all, we had spent two weeks completely different, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was really alone. I had some news about my family right before Christmas, so I was happy to kind of be on my own and process that and just, as I said, flop. And you spent those two weeks nonstop uh, celebrating with family, friends, you were out all the time. Like, you're that social, social person, right? So even when you come back to the apartment, when you're the person that's away, it takes you a few days to get back into the swing of reality, right? Yeah. You're much better at being a hermit than I am. Yeah. And so, you know, you come back and, and it's great, but it's taking us a while to figure out our footing together. And, you know, you got back at eight o'clock at night and you went right to bed the first night because you hadn't slept on the flight. That's great. You slept 12 hours. You got up the next morning. Perfect. You were so enthusiastic. We had a lovely day. And then the next night, I think you went to bed at midnight and you had a problem sleeping. And so, you know, you did have to get up in the morning and you were just out of sync, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a little nap in the afternoon. and A little nap? <laughs> you were like, okay, time to wake up. And I was just so annoyed. I'm like, I'm just napping. I'm not creating a crime here. It's just in a little innocent nap. And then when you get annoyed by that, it's like, oh, now I'm napping hard. I'm doubling down on the nap. This is going to turn into a sleep. I know, but you went to sleep at 11 a.m. and you're still in bed at noon. And I'm thinking, well, you're not going to sleep again tonight. Get up. Once again. Get up. Who am I hurting? <laughs> who am I hurting? Yourself, PJ. You're hurting oh, yourself. Anyway, we had very different experiences for holidays, but also even you just had everything go smoothly the minute you left. Like if you remember my trip to Toronto in October, I was stuck on the tarmac in Paris for five hours. Your flight was nothing like that. Once again, you're much better at being stuck in the tarmac than I am. I, I, that does not bode well for me if I'm just stuck in the tarmac for five hours. But yeah, my flight- Your next flight trip is when, PJ? Sorry. <laughs> My flight Do you remember, was, sir, I was just going to say, the week before PJ was leaving, he had an email from KLM saying, your flight's been canceled. You need to contact us to reorganize. And what was my reaction to that? And, and, and his the subject of PJ's email was, well, I guess Christmas is canceled. <laughs> and my That's heart, my heart sunk because I thought I was, I had prepared myself for him leaving for two weeks. So I thought, oh, I got to make this happen. I got to make hilarious. this happen. Anyway. You're just sitting there going, oh, he's got he's to go. go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Anyway. So you weren't even supposed to be on this particular flight from Paris to Toronto, but what happened? No, the flight to Toronto, flawless, like left on time, no problems. When I got off at Toronto, my bag was the first one off the carousel, got on, got onto the subway, boom, to my sister's place. No problems. Snippity snap, whippity whap. <laughs> yeah, but something really cool happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> Nobody on... <laughs> cares about the whippity waps, PJ. Tell them what happened. So I'm sitting there, and we're about to take off, and uh, the woman beside me, she asked me a question or something like that, and then she goes, I, do I know you from somewhere? So we're trying to figure out how we know each other. And then, yeah, there was a point in my brain where I was kind of like, geez, we're both going to Toronto. We look about the same age. <laughs> God, did we date? Oh, Jesus. Gee, awkward. Uh, but then her husband beside her recognized me and goes, oh, you could do that podcast with your wife. So they recognized me from our podcast. What are their names? We'll say hello. <laughs> I do not know. 
I do not know. PJ. I know. How could you not know? You were on the flight for seven I know. hours I with guess them. I was just kind of overcome by the odds that somebody would recognize uh, us or me from the podcast. Who's not obligated to listen to exactly. it? Exactly. They're not, they weren't friends, family, or relations or anything. They didn't know somebody that knew somebody from us, just, That's, com- I just complete find strangers. That, I just find that amazing. But if this couple is listening, the couple that was sitting beside PJ... Uh, from Paris to Toronto, please contact me. I'd love to send you some podcast merchandise. However, the flight coming back, not as smooth. I'm not sending merchandise to anybody? No. This is everybody's nightmare. You get on the flight, you see your seat, and the world's largest man is in the seat beside you. The guy was so large. In the middle seat, right? Yes. In the middle seat, I was on the window, and he was spilling. His body was spilling out over into the two other seats. When I sat down, he literally had to pull his body onto his seat so that I could make room for <laughs> no. myself. Yeah, Ew. I was just squished did up he, against. Did the, he seem like apologetic about? Oh it? no, oh. no, 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 not at all. No, there were there was no like, oh, geez, sorry about this, buddy. It was just like, yep, this is the way it is. Are you saying he literally pulled up like his extra f- yes, body he fat had, and put yeah. it on top of you? You are like exactly. A Yes, like a pillow. He had to pick it up and kind of fold it into... Yeah, no, it was... And the body heat coming off him was so hot that in my pocket, in my little jacket pocket, I had a nice little bag of Christmas goodies that one of my friends had made for me. Little chocolates, little cookies in there, nice little package. And his body heat melted it all into one big amorphous glob. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, actually, just while you say that, it reminds me, I wanted to say thank you to your friends because a couple of them sent back pure maple syrup with you because they had listened to a, another episode and they know you like your Canadian coffee. So that was really sweet of them. They know what makes me run. And it's probably easier to send back syrup than melty chocolates. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good time. And we didn't actually talk a lot during the two weeks with the time change and you were so social. Yeah. You had a good time with your family? It was great. I love Toronto. Love going there. Uh, I do miss it. That's the perfect time for someone like you to go back because it's super festive. There's all kinds of family members coming out of everywhere for you. And you love that sort of big family vibe. And then I think maybe he's not going to want to come back. I love Toronto. I love living there. I think Canada is an amazing country. There's nothing negative I can think about that city, that country. But I love living here. It's, this but is home. Don't you find it so easy when you go into something like that and you just slide right back into the way it used to be and all the familiarity of some of the Christmas traditions or maybe some of the foods you ate, but just the feeling of being with people who know you so well, you don't have to, like as an expat, you always have to sort of tell your backstory, but you know, everybody just knows you. There's that, that sense of, I don't know, familiarity, as I said, in a different way. Absolutely. And you can pick up just where you left off. Like I got together with my cousins who I haven't seen in, I think maybe 20 years, I think. And it was just like the, no time had passed. We were just joking around about being kids and the, the past. And that was an amazing night, but it was it was two weeks of that of just getting together with people that I haven't seen in a while, and boom, we just picked off where we left off last. Yeah, I love that. I just love that feeling of friendship, and so nothing really changes. There are things Toronto has definitely changed. For example, food prices—something near and dear to my heart. Food prices. Oh wait, uh, somebody asked me before we get too far into this: Did PJ put all the weight back on over Christmas? I did not put all of the weight back on, but uh, the the belt is definitely a little bit tighter. But you, you're okay with that? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Move on. So, what about the prices of food? 
It's astronomical. I just went to like Loblaws and I bought like six things and it was 60 bucks. Grocery store. Yeah. 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 Just like six things. It was like, I, I honestly thought the guy behind me had mixed some of his stuff up and I'm like, am I paying for some of that guy's stuff? Yeah. And they even just went to the St. Lawrence market with my brother and his wife and uh, we got little sandwiches, these fish sandwiches at a place that they like. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be all Christmassy. I'm going to buy their sandwiches for them. How much can this be? 20 bucks, but I'll look like a big spender. And it was 60 bucks. 60 for bucks three for sandwiches? three sandwiches. What were the sandwiches? Not even drinks. Like oh. fish sandwiches. Oh. Sorry, fries were included. Fries were included. Okay. Got to admit, fries were included. But yeah, 60 bucks for like fries. And it wasn't even a sit-down restaurant. It was just, we sat well, down really on the worked, bench outside. You really worked I'm worked up. This. up. <laughs> <laughs> These you know, price hikes um, have got me steamed. Do you know what I really noticed about? Uh, <laughs> That's all I have to do to get me involved in politics. Just raise the prices of food. The uh, What I noticed, though, is that at the grocery store, same thing with Loblaws. My mom had asked me when I was visiting to pick up this um, Renee's Caesar salad dressing. And it's in the refrigerated section. So I didn't go to her fridge and look at what she had. I just remembered the name. Go to Loblaws. And... Yeah, there's Renee's Caesar salad dressing, but then there's Renee's extra garlic Caesar salad dressing, Renee's low-fat Caesar salad dressing, and it seemed like no fat, less salt. There were so many different varieties, and that's one of the things I noticed. You would never find that here. You know, you might find a couple yogurts that are like low-fat or something like that, but you don't have the variety of the same product to suit your health needs, right? Yeah, the for me, it was the size of the produce section in the grocery stores. They're huge, and the variety, same thing like you were saying, the variety. You go to the Is that what section. I was saying? Variety. Right. Variety. Variety. Come on. I'm getting all hot under the collar. But you, you go to the produce section and there's like seven different types of kale. You got to, all right, kale from Argentina. And then you got kale from uh, from Spain. Uh, carrot section. Ooh, there's five different types of carrots. There's Australian carrots. There's Latin American carrots. Is that? Are you saying it wasn't like that before? It's always been like that. But when I go there, I notice it because the, the stores here are so much smaller. You don't have as much choice. You can't get lost in the produce section, which I did. I got lost in the produce section. And what else did you do other than kind of get all hot and bothered about the food prices? Once I calmed down about the food prices, I did my three nostalgic trips that I always love to do when I get to Toronto. Okay. I know the one is going to the Toronto Islands because you go on and on about that. And (laughs) honestly, as someone who grew up at a cottage, I don't share that passion. I don't have those childhood memories. So... Next subject. I am, it's true, I am in love with the Toronto Islands. You're lucky the Toronto Islands isn't a lady because you'd have some competition. I, would, would I really? <laughs> would, would she tell you to get up too, PJ? <laughs> no, get she up, would let sleeping. me nap. Toronto Islands would let me nap. I, the, one of the things I love about the Toronto Islands, it's the nature of it, but it never changes. It is exactly the same as when I was a kid. And I love that state of permanence of it. Okay. So forget Toronto Islands because it's winter. Number two. I always go for a little run on the Beltline Trail. Which is what exactly? Let me explain that to you, Nancy, and for our listeners who don't know what the Beltline Trail is. Which is everyone. (laughs) So the Beltline Trail is obviously a trail that winds through Toronto. And it used to be an old light rail system, kind of an early subway type system that ran through Toronto, except it was above ground. So I think it went bankrupt in the... 1890s. And then in the 1980s, they ripped up all of the rail and they've turned it into a jogging, walking path. And it's about nine miles long, one way, and it winds through the city from east to west. It's gorgeous. Love it. Oh, 
And what is it about it that you want to visit? You used to run it on the time? Yep. Or? I always lived near it and I'd go for runs on it. And when I run on it, it's literally like going down memory lane because I, I have all these different memories. Which means memories. what? It's like playing a movie in my head. Like I'll run down a section of it. And I'm like, oh, remember that time? You had a, it was really hot that day. And then this happened. And then Nancy and I had a fight. And then, <laughs> and then next fight. week we went out. It was great. And then, She's crazy. And then she was dating somebody and I was dating somebody, but still it was great. But I mean, maybe what you're telling me, because I don't really grasp those kinds of you know, nostalgia tours. But I think what you're saying is when I read my diaries, it's the same thing that the words provide for me. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah. Toronto is like your diaries for me. There's a story. <laughs> it sounds cliched, but there's a story on every street corner. Oh, brother. But there is. I've lived there for so long and have so many memories, and they're all great memories. They're they're all really positive, wonderful times. But is the Beltline just a running place? That's what's changed about it. When I was living there in the 90s, nobody was on it. Summer, winter, fall, spring, didn't matter. I'd run on it. I was the only person on it. You know, a couple dog parks here and there. But now... It's chock-a-block. People running, families out for a walk. But that's a good thing. Yeah, it's great. And my sister told me it's because of COVID. During COVID, everybody's looking for something to do outside that wasn't closed. And voila, Beltline Trail. At one point, I thought you, uh, on the trip to Toronto, bought me a house because you just sent me on WhatsApp a photo of a house without any explanation. Well, you know our finance is better than me, so you'd know if I could afford a house. Well, that's I what no I was idea. thinking. Did How did this happen? Or I'd... is he leaving me for another woman? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> You know that house. That's where that's my old house in Toronto. Oh, the one that we're talking about now. Yep. Ah, and how was that seeing that? House looks exactly the same. The only difference is that the tree I planted is now much larger. You planted a tree? Yep, a regular Paul Bunyan. And Toronto's Paul Bunyan. I'm trying to put this all together. I mean, you went to a nursery and bought a tree? The only reason I planted that tree is because there was no effort on my part. The city put something in my mailbox saying, hey, do you want a tree? And I had checked a box, left it in the mailbox. A couple weeks later, tree on the porch. It must be kind of moving, though, to see it if it's grown like that. I'm very proud of my tree, yes. Very proud. <laughs> you took all the responsibility for the watering, PJ? I, it's pretty soon it's going to go off to tree college. I, I hope it meets a nice tree. I'm hoping an oak, and then they form their own forest. But you, you have no regret or anything when you look at the house? Maybe financially, (laughs) financially, when I run the numbers and I think about if I had not sold that house, how much home equity we'd have. Yeah, but we wouldn't be living here in France. That's true. Speaking French and being stressed out all the time. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But that's just the start of your little walking tour of the Bloor area? Yeah. That's where I start my personal tour of the Bloor-Bathurst corridor. So I start at uh, Bloor and Bathurst, go down to Bloor and Spadina, and big change, Bloor and Bathurst. What do you think happened? I have no idea, PJ. They've leveled Honest Ed's and put up this condo, this huge condo that's a a city block. You're saying it like it's breaking news. I thought that that had happened a while ago. The last time I was there, they had, it was closed off. Honest Ed's was closed off and they had a big fence around it so you couldn't go in. But to actually see it gone, disappeared, no more memory of it whatsoever, that whole block with the video store as well and Southern Accent, that restaurant that I used to work at that was amazing. All gone. All those memories got 10 years of my life in Toronto wiped off the face of the earth. And what's there now, sorry? A giant condo. So yeah, condo. Not even like um, stores underneath the condo. No, just one big, huge, giant condo that's a city block. Honest Ed's was huge for Toronto. Maybe for our listeners, you can just kind of tell them what it was. 
Yeah, Toronto, uh, sorry, Toronto's a landmark. Uh, Honest Ed's was a Toronto landmark is what I want to say. What was it, it, Ed Mervish? Ed Mervish, yes, he owned it. Uh, Thanks for the backstory, Nancy. Uh, (laughs) It was the place you would go if you needed something cheap. So if you were a student and you were looking to furnish your apartment for 20 bucks as well as get groceries for another $5, Honest Ed's is where you'd go. You could buy a pan for a buck. You could buy. You sound like you're doing a voiceover audition. Twenty <laughs> pairs of underwear for fifty cents. It was glorious. Oh, that explains a lot, PJ. That explains a lot. I I don't know Toronto like you do, but didn't Ed Mervish also have something to do with the theater district? Wasn't there Honest Ads and then Ed's Steakhouse or something? I can't speak to that. I'm not. I'm not that cultured. Oh, you didn't go beyond the twenty no. pairs of underwear for fifty cents. All I know is when I want to get tuna for ten cents a can. Honest Eds. And did you end up at all, I know you didn't live there, but did you end up at Young and Eglinton, where I used to live, or where I live in the story, in where we are now? Of course I did. I had to do the little bit of the Nancy and PJ tour as well, not just the PJ tour. Did you get a headache? (laughs) (laughs) I got a little nervous. I was walking up there thinking, oh, is it going to work out between us? What's going to happen? Yeah. We're going to have a nice time tonight, (laughs) not a nice time. Are we going to argue? Will will she storm out? Will I storm out? What's going to happen? Is it the same? Uh, pretty much the same. Vortex Records would have loved to see it no longer there. No, that's sad. Yeah. If you remember from last episode, you had called me from Louisiana. You were there for Christmas with your family. I think it was 1995 and said that you wanted to see me when you got back. And so this diary entry is about you coming to see me just after Christmas and um, how things do not work out between us yet again. Okay. So this is January 6th. 1996. And Nancy writes, I guess I should back up to Saturday night with PJ. It was excellent. He showed up with this crazy beard. Why was my beard crazy? Did, did it have sparkles in it or was it, did I have a braid in it? Or I what think, was, I think was I was just, you know, in my twenties, I was always just trying to make my life cooler than it probably was. So I was like, it's zany. It's crazy. Right. It was probably just an overgrown beard and I just poorly chose my adjectives. But I still look good, I bet. Well, let's find out. All right. Uh, So PJ showed up with this crazy beard, and I wasn't sure how I was going to react, but there was no difference. I'm physically attracted to him, plain and simple. Of course you are. (laughs) My handsome devil, even with a crazy beard. Afterwards, we were sitting on the couch, eating and talking, and it was just the same old thought running through my head. Why can't we just be honest? Granted, it's becoming more and more relaxed as we spend time together, but it seems as though there are these walls. I used to think that as well. We'd hang out. I mean, the entire time I've known you, you are my favorite person to be with, whether we're not seeing each other, whether we're seeing each other, whether I'm in Toronto, I'm here, whatever. And I'd always think, this is awesome. We're attracted to each other. The wonderful night. Why can't we get it together? You're making me feel bad about earlier saying that I had the best Christmas vacation without you. That's okay. You make it up. Yeah. You make it up when you make me cough. But we did have those walls. Like there would just be trigger points where we'd just react. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just never worked. It just always combusted for some Mm. reason, whether it was you or me or. Oh, I think this time it's me if you keep reading. Okay. So anyway, uh, Nancy writes Regardless, PJ was sitting beside me on the couch and I was so drawn to him, realizing that I love this guy. So then it was basically the fear factor, and I asked Slash, told him to leave. He was not amused. So I don't know if you remember this night, because a few months before you had come over, and we had had an amazing time, and the same thing happened, except that particular time I was just really tired because I'd been going out a lot. And you were cool when you left. Like, we talked through it, and you could see clearly that I was exhausted. This time was, like, very abrupt, and it was mean, and it was just get out. 
and you were not happy. I'd like to point out that I'm always cool, uh, but I don't. Um, I remember the, that that last one from the last episode. I don't remember this night. Yeah. I don't remember having a beard. It was um, a really. It was. A, it was just. I didn't. I don't know why I reacted like that. I, I. I can't explain it. I just lacked the maturity to be able to be honest, and just, I just told you to leave. You just freaked out. I freaked out. Oh my god! I love him. Ah, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Normal reaction when you like somebody. Yeah. All right. So Nancy writes. If PJ is someone I'd like to be with more than occasionally, I should know, right? I do love him, and I have for over five years, but I'm not sure if there's a possibility in having the relationship he talked about after France. Of course, I spent the next few days pondering over this recent revelation. What I've learned, thanks to Claire... Claire is the woman that was my trainer when I volunteered at the Distress Center, and the first night I was there, she said she had this house to rent, so I was living in her house. She was great. She's about uh, 15, 20 years older and just always had really honest opinions about relationships. Lovely lady. Um, Anyway, uh, Nancy says, uh, what I've learned thanks to Claire is that I love PJ, but I'm not in love with him and probably never will be again. That's sad. Wasn't the beard, was it? Uh, I don't think so. That crazy beard? No. Um, she says, I have the right to tell him I love him because that's who I am. And when we are together, that's a part of me. And that I am only responsible for being honest, but not responsible for how he receives the truth. Okay, so this has stayed with me since she mentioned this point to me. We all seem to be so afraid to just tell people how we're really feeling because we're worried about you know how they're going to take the news, so to speak. But she was really adamant and taught me a lot about that is just be responsible for your own feelings and the rest is up to the other people, which I thought was good advice. Wise words, wise words Still took us forever to get together, but I've often thought of that. Um, All right, so Nancy keeps writing. She says, I have to tell PJ whenever I see him next that I love him. Of course you do. (laughs) It would be a great freedom to love without all this pressure of worrying about his reaction to everything I say. Anyway, even when I present him with my confessions, who's to say he'll even care? PJ is a man. (laughs) I'm a man. I just don't care. Whatever, lady. Of course you love me. I'm eating a sandwich. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sometimes shake my head when I read what I wrote. But anyways, that was the truth. So PJ, that was what, 1996? So 28 years ago, you came back from Christmas with your family. Um, This time coming back is a little bit different for us getting together. Oh, definitely. I'm happy to say that after uh, almost a decade and a half of marriage, we, we're, uh, we're comfortable to I'm say, not, I'm not I kicking love you, you out. Yeah. I have to go because I've got to file a claim with KLM, see if I can get those melted chocolates recouped. Oh, you're, oh, oh, okay. So you're ending the episode. It's over. All right. Happy 2024 to all our listeners and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to Nancy and PJ Finally Get Together and share the link with friends. This podcast is a spinoff of our manuscript, You, Me, and France, which we are shopping to publishers. For more, check out nancyandpj.com. In our next episode, Nancy goes on a date with another comedian, but can he make her laugh like PJ? Bye.